Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Fiona Bennett. And I'm Michael Schaefer. Lovely to be with you, Fee. It is indeed. I, I do wish we had some actual time and space together instead of these devices, Michael. They, let's face it, they've not been friendly to us so far today. We've had a few technical issues today, Fee, but we've made it. We're here. We're here. That's true. That's true. I think I'm going to need another cup of coffee quite soon. But um, <laughs> there we are. So before we go any further, Fee, uh, I would just like to let people know that we are going to be holding two online exchange days on April the 22nd and April the 23rd. Uh, so if you have a poem that's been a friend to you and you'd like to talk to us about it, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can get in touch with us through the website, thepoetryexchange.co.uk, or you can email us directly at info at thepoetryexchange.co.uk and you can book a slot and talk to myself and Fiona about a poem that's been a friend to you. That would be amazing. I'm really looking forward to that, Michael. It's going to be just fantastic to have, uh, yeah, two days of, of um, conversation with people. So, yeah, do get in touch. So this is uh, terrific that we've actually, we're here together to bring this episode into the world. It's really exciting. And um, I'm going straight there, Michael, because I can't think of anything else worth talking about apart from the phenomenon of this uh, this offering that we have, thanks to being hosted last autumn in some phase of lockdown or other by Manchester Literature Festival with a with a virtual um, program and us putting the word out through that festival to people to come and talk to us about the poem that's been a friend to them, and our guest. Uh, who people will be hearing from today came along with this fantastic poem. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's a poem that I think a lot of people might be familiar with. It's, you know, it's a big, fat, famous poem, as you sometimes say, Fee. And one that still does that brilliant thing of being both very specific about its subject matter and also completely universal at the same time somehow. It's a poem about resilience, I suppose, in many ways, and um, there's something kind of inspiring about it. Certainly it feels applicable to these times. And, yeah, it was a, a terrific privilege to have the conversation, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right, Mike. I think, you know, at the moment it's interesting. There's that sort of being on the cusp of hope and possibility and being able to look for that but it's also we're all carrying a lot of grief and difficulty too so how can we do both those things and hold both those registers and I without preempting too much I think this is this is one of the things that's astonishing about this poet's work and this poem was the way that she managed to do both those things to hold up a lens to pain and truth whilst also finding celebration and joy and hope. So you'll be hearing myself and Michael talking about Still I Rise by Maya Angelou, the poem that's been a friend to Fermida. Fermida, would you mind reading it out loud for us? Indeed. 
you may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides. Just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes? Shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Thank you. Beautifully read. Wonderful reading. It's really interesting to hear it, actually. I mean, it's powerful to read it, but hearing it, there's a whole other dimension that comes through, isn't there? I think it's there's so much passion written in this particular piece. There's so much emotion. There is so much behind it. It's incredible. It really is. How did it first come to you? When did you first meet it? I was actually at college when I came across Maya's works. And I think straight away with the opening line, you may write me down in history, it was at a point in my life where it, I was probably going through some turmoil myself and it met me. The, the opening line, it just met me where I was straight away. There was no, you know, fluff or anything behind it. It just talked to me. It validated how I was feeling in that moment and it stuck with me ever since. And it's always been something that I always then go back to no matter what I'm going through. I love what that, that that phrase that you use of, you know, it met me in the first line. It takes something very powerful to do that within the opening line. Straight away, it's this fierce sassiness that's just, wow, it, it's just there. And you think, well, actually, yes, I, just because I am in this well, in this, you know, depth of emotion, it doesn't mean that it has to be melancholy. It doesn't mean that it has to be sad. Use that emotion and to make it turn you fierce and it was that that for me straight away I thought oh this is this is something this is going to be something and I remember reading it I think it was in the common room at college and I just sat there thinking this was really good it, I get that that poem gets me so yeah 
it was it was really really incredible yeah <laughs> that's amazing i really liked hearing about physically where you were and i could picture you in this common yeah room. i actually remember the moment there was a football table you know foosball table that you would have in any good common room at college of course and i remember they were doing a radio station so there was this music blasting over the top and i was sat this ball of emotions and feelings that I didn't really know what to do with. And I think I picked this up in the library at college and I picked it up and I came across this. I opened it up and it actually landed on that page. And I know that sounds completely woo-woo, but it really did. And I, I started reading it and I felt as though everything fell away. I, I don't know if it sounds woo-woo or not, but you're not the first person <laughs> we've had tell us that the book fell open at a particular poem, at a particular moment in their life where they really needed it. I just think it's the universe personally conspiring to help you. For me, I'm obviously a very, you know, very strong in my faith as a Muslim. And I, I think there's no such thing as coincidences. There's always something happening that leads you to a particular moment to light your path, really. I was very struck for me when you said that you could see it being this thing of kind of turning difficulty into something or, or kind of finding a fuel from that experience that is so bleak and so harsh and so difficult. That that wisdom seems very mature to me. Yes. <laughs> but do you, so I'm interested in how much you got right then of that did it give you that whole kind of lesson, if you like, in that moment? I would say it led me to begin my journey. So the words when she talks about I rise, immediately she talks about overcoming, immediately she talks about validation. And with within, it, I mean, it's so simple, still I rise. There is nothing profound about those individual words. We use them all the time, the sun rises, the sun sets. But it, it, that's what it led me to to think about still I rise what is she rising from what are you going to have to rise from now in this moment and it's that that then started my journey it wasn't a case of straight away I thought right this is it I have to grow but I then started talking about her words and I remember thinking about sunsets and sunrises and I've been obsessed with sunsets and sunrises ever since and it it made me understand the balance of life so no matter how difficult things are, you will overcome and you will rise. So it was a journey. However, it was those specific two words, I rise and I'll rise, that that started me on that journey, most definitely. It's fantastic, the, the repetition, isn't it? And the... The emphasis on it. Yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. But that sort of grows throughout the... It grows through the poem, that, yes. doesn't it? It does. And then it ends with such strength with the three I rises. And it just reiterates that you shall rise. This too shall pass almost. It will happen. Just give it time and faith. I think you said it, it lit a pathway for you. It did. It, it sort of, it's that idea of it, it being the beginning of something. Yes. I have always been a very confident independent woman my parents as muslim parents they know the struggle you know of being british muslim of south asian heritage 
you are automatically, you know, it's almost a political person that you are because of who you are. So because of that, they always encouraged me to be brave, be bold. And the way the poem then moves on and talks about her sassiness and how she walks and how she behaves with this confidence, like she's got oil wells digging in her living room. That is what I was brought up to be like. I was always encouraged to express my opinion. It was reiterated. It was so important that as a Muslim female, I need to have my voice. I need to have my opinion heard. And my father was, and he is still, constantly advocating for me to have that voice. So when she talks about her sassiness, her confidence, it was as though she was talking to me. How amazing that you're... Your mum and dad were so wonderful. And, and I, I'm guessing from what you're saying about the moment in the common room, that despite having had all of that in your upbringing and all that support, which not everybody gets, you were still then in this moment in college suddenly hitting something very undermining. Yeah, it absolutely. Sounds like. And it, that's exactly what it was. It was undermining. It was something that was a bit of a shock to the system I think because growing up as a person of colour we are brought up empowered really strong supportive families and yet it's our external experiences that actually make us activists that make us want to then speak up if we didn't have those experiences if those experiences of oppression didn't exist we wouldn't need to do that we are brought up as being one with everybody else. We are humanity. It's that basic. So to go through what I was going through and have to navigate my way around it with all of this support network behind me, it just shows that life can affect you no matter who you are, no matter what support you have. This poem helped me regardless of all the other support because... It helped me channel my energy into trying to find that path, trying to forge that light going forward so that I can then rise too. The sort of, um, that confidence that she's trying to kind of share. It's, it's, It's like she's kind of saying, this is who you are. I rise. There's no, um, equivocation around it. And Maya Angelou, it feels to me, certainly in this poem, you know, it's, it's out there. It's, like, it's unapologetic to the world. It, that's perfectly unapologetic, definitely. And that's how everybody should be able to live their life unapologetically because we are who we are. We need to embrace who we are. And we are so often stuck in these ruts where we're trying to keep up appearances. And Maya's work, she... She says to you almost, go and be yourself. Go and be this empowered woman. Go and be your truest self. And this is why I bet she has such a a profound effect on people. Do you still come back to this poem? Is it a poem that you um, reach for at particular moments? Or how is it for you now in your life? It's something that sits alongside prayer for me. The first thing I do is pray, meditation and prayer. So prayer has, prayer is profound, but you need to be patient with prayer. 
So when I, after I've said my prayer and if there is something troubling me or something, and even whatever it is, it, this poetry, this poem, it acts as a stopgap between me releasing my prayer and having my prayers answered or having an answer come to me. Am, am I right in saying you read this every day? No, I reach for it when I need it. It's my stopgap almost. Okay. So if something, if I, if I need this immediate relief or immediate validation, I'll pray and, you know, sometimes you're frustrated and you think, come on, God, answer my prayers, please, any time now. It's good because immediately you've got this poem that tells you immediately you'll rise. It reassures me. So it gives me that time. It gives me that space to be patient, to wait for my prayers to be answered. So it sits alongside my faith for me. I remember last year I was going through a phase where I, I, I didn't, it, when you come to a situation in life and you think, okay, where is my next step? What do I do next? Do I carry on, continue this journey? Or do I take a leap of faith? Because we end up staying in situations that are comfortable, like old worn jumpers and slippers. We keep them, we hold on to them because they are familiar. Nobody likes change. Humans, we, we don't like change. I don't like change. But I remember reading, I, went, I had to go away just to clear my head. And when I took Maya's book, Still Arise, I took it with me. And I remember reading it and it made me feel comfortable. I knew what I needed to do, but reading it again, just saying the words, I actually said, said them out loud and it gave me power. It gave me the fire in my belly to then go and make the decision, no matter what that entailed, because ultimately I knew that that would be the right thing for me. But when I read what she said about, right at the end, I rise, I rise, I rise. And I remember coming out of and then, you know, making my decision to say right okay I think I'm I think I'm done with that part of my life now I think I'm ready to move on and I'll rise and I kept repeating it like a mantra I'll rise and it it was beautiful because it was a poem that she wrote in the 70s and yet it was here in the year 2019 it was it was in December and it was still helping me make the decision that I needed to make. It was still resonating. And it, there is not, there are not many pieces that would do that, that would actually practically help you. I, I find it astonishing. I, I really do. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And how wise of you, Famida, to take the poem with you. To, well, A, to take a moment and get some space. And then B, to take the book with you. And then see to read it out loud, to voice it, you know, because I do think to say the words aloud, you know, brings them physically present into the room with you. So that affirmation and that validation then becomes an actual presence. It becomes physical, it becomes real. And it's as though it is a friend talking back to you, even though I was alone on this trip. It was my friend that was actually saying it, talking back to me out loud saying well you, you're going to be okay you're going to make it with affirmations when you say things out loud it makes it real you're putting it out there into the universe and we're now um a year on from that trip away we are we are indeed and um it was the right decision i'm so glad <laughs> i did what i needed to do i'm happier than i've ever been it's i'm following what i need to my calling my purpose 
I'm trying to explain it and find the words to portray just how powerful your intuition is, especially when you are directed towards it by a piece of literature that you can relate. It helps you and encourages you to delve deeper. It's about well, what is actually going on in you? What is it that's calling you? Because we are spiritual beings. We have this physical body, but we are spiritual beings and there is so much more to us than your, our day-to-day grind. And it's when we lose sight of that, that we become stuck. We become consumed with this sadness or depression or anything that is negative because we're not living our truest form. So this year, it's this poem in December helped me to go and live my truest self and be my true self and live my purpose. And it was the best decision I ever made. It really was. Still I Rise by Maya Angelou You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries? Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Cause I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. Our thanks to Famida for the reading at the end there and for allowing us to use the conversation. Yeah, it was just such a privilege to spend time with that iconic poem, Michael, and, and in the company of, of Famida, who was so, so clear and so connected to it with such a, such a profound and strong sense of, of, of what that connection was for her. It was just a really, really rich and, and uplifting experience, actually. I, I remember that day, and I think, I think Famida was one of our early, early ones that day. And I, I, it was a bit like, still I rise, and there was a sense of being very, 
very, very much arising into the day through the story and through the phenomenal work of Maya Angelou. And um, we'll put some links on the description page. I'm sure lots of our listeners will have experienced Maya Angelou's work in all its many forms. But if you haven't seen any of the readings of her reading that poem, I think it is worth following on with that as a, as a beautiful echo to make. And I was really struck also thinking about this episode this month, this year, Michael, that I think Maya Angelou was, I'm not sure for how long poets have delivered a poem at the presidential inauguration, but of course Maya Angelou did do that. And uh, thinking about Amanda Gorman um, in January, just, just a sort of sense of, I don't know, you know, sometimes people say art doesn't change anything, but my God, the legacy is enormous, right? Beautifully said, Faye. Anything else coming across your poetry radar? There's a, there's a lot in the poetry radar at the moment, Michael, but especially thinking coming up soon on Sunday, in fact, is World Poetry Day, which is, you know, I, there's so many days for this and days for that on the calendar. Sometimes you're not quite sure, but actually I've discovered that World Poetry Day was, was set up in 1990 something by UNESCO as a celebration of the diversity of languages in the world and doing that through poetry, which which is a slightly more specific sense of World Poetry Day than I had understood before. So um, I think that is really exciting. There's so much great work going on um, in the UK at the moment with lifting up poets of many languages and um, it's going to be exciting to, to sort of attend some events and see what's coming. It puts me in mind of the times that we have been able to uh, experience poems in languages other than English and the great joy and richness of that. Yeah, we've got a few, haven't we? Well, we've got the moth, um, the holob poem. Um, we've got uh, Podrig's poem, uh, The Recovered Memory of Water. That was a fairly recent episode. Uh, what other ones have we had? Oh, Dich Eric Fried that Catherine brought us, I remember. Yeah. And um, the cedar. And the Cavafy. Yeah, lovely. Return what was that by Cavafy. Return. Right. Return, yes. yeah. So there's a few there to check out in the archive if, uh, if you'd be interested to hear that. I think that's probably about all we've got time for this month, Faye. We'll be back with you next month with more Poems as Friends. Until then, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.